Welcome to the Media Navigators podcast, brought to you by the World Media Group. My name is Belinda Barker, and I'm the Chief Executive. Today, we're going to be talking about um, sustainability. All businesses are starting to think about, or actually not even starting to think about, are in the progress of looking at their own processes around sustainability. But we're going to focus as much today on not just your own processes, but that of your supply chain. Um, this is, in fact, being recorded in October, so uh, prior to COP26. Uh, and it is a subject that we have touched on a, a number of times in the last few years. Um, and if you're interested, you can see a webinar we recorded back in February um, on sustainability, moving from promises to progress. Um, that's available on the World Media Group website and, uh, and on our tube, uh, YouTube channel. So as a TV programme maker, uh, BBC Studios, they are um, as much as a business as, and a supplier at the same time. Um, and today we're talking with um, Praveen Gopalan. Uh, who's been with BBC Worldwide since 2014 and who subsequently become BBC Studios. So this is not a new subject area for him. Perhaps um, I am, could be accused of being somewhat naive because certainly back in as far back as 2014, I was certainly not thinking about um, supply chain as, you know, I was, I might have been worried about my own personal recycling and, and, and how we, we were doing our own processes. But really, that was quite a long way down the um, channel there. Um, so Praveen is the Environmental and Sustainability and Employee Engagement Program Manager with BBC Studios. So welcome, Praveen. Thank you, Belinda. It's great to be here. Um, we've got a slightly different format to previous podcasts today because we're also being joined by um, Samantha Adams, who's um, VP for Advertising Sales for Western Europe for BBC Global News. How are you doing today, Sam? Good. Thanks, Belinda. Good. So Sam is actually going to um, take over the first part of this podcast and he's going to be talking to Praveen about the headway that BBC Studios is making in minimising their carbon impact and the challenges as a media company that they still face. I'll then be getting back to you at the end to ask Sam a little bit more about how, as global advertising, they're working with brands to bring their sustainability stories for life. So right now, I'd like to hand over to Sam and very interested to hear what uh, you and Praveen have got to talk about. Brilliant. Thanks, Belinda. Um, so Praveen, as a major site global business, you know, our company has a real responsibility to operate with minimal impact on the environment as possible. So it'd be great if you could quickly outline the steps that BBC Studios is taking to do this. Of course. Now, Sam, before I do that, I just would like to say a couple of things. One, it's really great to see so much activity around this, and I'm really grateful to be part of it. So thank you very much, Melinda and Sam. 
And the other point is that throughout this conversation, this is going to be Praveen's views and musings, right? It's not going to be the BBC Studios' official statement. So with that in mind, I will start answering your question. And before I actually go about what we, how we tackle sustainability, I think it's worth me talking about BBC Studios as a whole, because we are a bit of an unusual company. Now, we are the commercial arm of the BBC group. Big BBC is about 20,000 people. We're about 4,000 people. Roughly 40 offices internationally, half uh, outside of the UK, half in the UK. We make programs. We also sell programs outside of the UK. And we also help people relate with our brands and engage with our brands by creating merchandise. So toys, DVDs, clothing, uh, and also live events and experiences. So although in essence, we are a TV program company and sales company, we do touch all sorts of industries. Now, at Studios, I'm the only person with sustainability explicitly in my title. But we work by having delivery teams within our different areas. So we've got all these different activities in all these different regions we work in. And in that, we've got uh, people I work with and have developed over the years. So their sustainability knowledge is really strong. And they can then drive it within the departments. So as an overarching statement, I would help the leaders in the company help understand what we need to do and put together a strategy. So for example, we might have a carbon strategy. I help people understand what net zero is, what uh, carbon neutral is, when we should do it, should we be doing it? Um, and then I work with those different departments almost as, an, as a consultant. So I'd help a, say, our colleague say, let's say it's called, she's called Samantha. And Sam works with partners, right? Uh, so I help Sam understand that these are the questions we are making toys, you have to ask your partner. And then Sam goes away and does it. Uh, and so that's how we work. We kind of have a overarching strategy. We have people, champions, and leads within different departments who make sure a sustainability lens is there when we go through activities and work with our partners. Great, thanks. So why should brands be taking their sustainability commitment seriously? Right. Till quite recently, uh, sustainability or environmental protection was one of those nice-to-have things for companies, right? There was, of course, legislations that people had to follow about pollution and uh, how you use particular materials and chemicals. But going above and beyond that was not something that everyone did. And you only did when you had a bit of extra money or extra time, which, of course, often didn't happen. But in the last few years, things have changed. So even like with COP happening, people have realized that the environmental issues are no longer really up for debate. Climate change, it's not a debate of whether it's happening or not, whether people are causing it or not. Most people accept the fact that it is something that is human-induced. Same with biodiversity loss, same with uh, plastic pollution. People are realizing that these are things that our businesses and our way of life is having an impact on the environment, and we need to address it. So there's a moral duty as a good citizen of the world, companies should do the right thing. But even if you didn't care about sustainability, those regulations that we talked about are now becoming even more stringent. Because that now we realize that this environmental impact is a fact, legislation is coming in place to make sure that we do the right thing. So it's not just about how we manage our waste. There's also legislation around our carbon uh, footprint. There are more legislations coming around uh, biodiversity. So these things are happening. And so it's really important for companies to pay attention because otherwise you might fall foul of the law. And related to that, with this acceptance that things are happening and things are real, is the fact that people are getting more savvy and more aware of it and caring about it as well. So again, even if you're a company that didn't care about it, your consumers and employees care about it. And people are no longer in a situation where you've got a monopoly because if you were not providing the right service, there's going to be a startup that provides a very similar service and people will vote with their feet and their money and take their business elsewhere. And employees that are good could also go somewhere else. So there is the moral obligation 
legislative changes and also the fact that people will care and people uh, will make a choice based on uh, the environmental preferences. Great. So, I mean, the programming that BBC Studios has produced has played a massively powerful role in a drive towards a more sustainable future. So we've got things like, you know, Blue Planet, obviously, through to EastEnders, and it's played out across the nation and throughout the world. So it's an incredible platform, really, to portray sustainable behaviour and how to make, you know, environmentally friendly actions part of our everyday lives. Is this something that BBC Studios takes into account, you know, during production? It certainly is. And so you raise a good point that we've got such a diverse range of programmes, right? There's a, the factual content of uh, documentaries, but then we've also got lifestyle and drama and comedies and all sorts of things. And with portraying sustainability, we do it in two ways. Now, the BBC is here to inform, educate and entertain. And so that's what we do. And we're, in relation to sustainability, we've got our hard-hitting documentaries by the Natural History Unit or the Science Unit. And that's things like Blue Planet, um, I've just completely forgotten, uh, Climate Change Effects, all those different titles that we've got, which just kind of say, look, this is the state of the environment, positive and negative. This is why things are happening in a certain way. This is how you could either reduce it or uh, exacerbate situations. And we just put those facts out there. We don't kind of direct people on doing certain things. We just say, these are the facts, people, go away and do what you think is uh, resonates with you. So that's one element. And then, as you rightly pointed out, we've got all the other content, dramas, lifestyle shows, game shows. And in all of those, what we do now is we reflect environmental behavior. In the same way that with um, people, we're using diversity and inclusion, uh, we use our program to reflect what is happening in the world, whether it's age, race, gender, disability, sexuality. All those people that we see in the street, we see them on the screen. And in the same way, we do that with environmental matters as well. Because if you and I were to have a, or Belinda to have a, a bunch of friends over for dinner, there's bound to be someone who's vegetarian or there's bound to be someone who doesn't eat beef. And so these are things that are happening in the world. And so we have to cater for them. And we also show people this. And so environmental behavior is no longer just by that one friend of ours who doesn't use a mobile phone and only eats things that they grow in their allotment. It's now everything from uh, Fiona, Adiola, Mark, Jamal, Maylin, Gaza, everyone does stuff. Now, Maylin might not give up beef wellingtons, but she might have changed her electricity provider to be a green provider. And she might have um, only traveled around Europe in trains instead of flying. And she might be a character in one of our comedies because that is how the world is. And so really, we reflect environmental behavior on our screens just to give people, inform people what's happening, give people the choice. And that ties in really well with our factual content that really gives us hard-hitting facts. So that's how we tackle it. Brilliant. That's that's just so interesting. And, you know, it's obvious BBC is committed to sustainability, but, you know, how do we ensure this throughout our entire supply chain? Right, so this comes back to that point I mentioned earlier on about how we tackle it in by we embed it within the different parts of the business. Uh, so ultimately, the ownership lies with these different, uh, so colleagues who are working with toy makers, for example, or colleagues who are working with um, uh TV production, or colleagues who are working in China or Australia. So ultimately, I am the person who's got sustainability knowledge, but I need to work with all these different people who are sector specialists. They've got the knowledge of how things would work in their little industry, their area, and their regions. 
Um, so it's very nice for Praveen to come up and say, oh, you've got to do this to my Chinese colleagues. Colleagues, And they might turn around and say, actually, Praveen, that is really silly. It's never going to work in China. It might work in Australia, it might work in India, but in China, this is how you do it. So it's really important that we take my sustainability knowledge and overlay it with the knowledge of those different departments who've got the sector-specific knowledge. And together, we come up with a way to improve our environmental credentials. And so part of that is working with our colleagues internally, but it's also working with our partners. And one of the things that we're starting to see now that we've got leads and champions in those depart different departments and they're starting to talk with our partners, partners are coming up and saying, look, we understand that BBC Studios would like us to do certain things around the environment. Let's, for example, take carbon. And they come up and say, look, what do you exactly need us to do and how do we go about doing it? And then it's a matter of either the um, leads or champions who've got the knowledge would be able to talk about it. Or if it's something that's quite tricky, they bring me in. Then I have a chat and say, look, we would need you to measure your carbon footprint. You can do it in-house and this is how you do it. Or if it's really complex in a particular area, I'd say you might need a, a consultant for this. And to do that, the consultant would need to be someone who knows what an emission factor is or knows what an RF factor is. So giving people those tools. And sometimes, now, although we are multi-industry, we make a handful of toys or we make a handful of events. Those people who work in the partners that work in those industries have hundreds of other clients that they work with, and they have really good ideas as well. So sometimes they come to us with ideas. And so it's through the learning from both parties that we can make sure it's embedded across the company. So it's not just Praveen coming and saying, you have to do this, or else I'll give you evil status when I see in the office. It's about working together in partnership, both internally, externally, making sure the people who have the knowledge all come together, and together we can make it a more sustainable and environmentally friendly product or service. Great. So, you know, this past year has obviously been a lot of challenges and COVID-19 has massively like, changed the way we all work. And I was just wondering, how is the new hybrid economy, you know, affecting our sustainability commitments? Right. I am very pleased to say that as far as the commitment goes, it hasn't reduced. And it's not just as across the world, people thought that when COVID hit, sustainability is going to drop down the agenda, but it hasn't. Often it has stayed the same, or in some places it actually made uh, sustainability more important. Uh, and so at studios, the commitment hasn't changed, but what has changed is the complexity around it. Because of the new ways of working, we have to try and understand what uh, environmental impact this has. So for example, if we are looking at people working from home for half the week, you might say that, oh, that means 20% of people are not going to be in the office. That means we only need 20% less office space. That means 20% less energy use. That is not necessarily true because those offices are still going to be running throughout the working week. You might also have to change the way the office functions because you might have more meeting rooms or you might have more filming capabilities. That has an energy impact. Also, your colleagues now, some of them are working from home. And previously, if they were in the office, they might not have had to turn the heating on at home. So now you've got a home that's being heated as well. Some colleagues would have had potentially elderly parents who are at home anyway. So those people, the heating would have been both sides. Um, and then how does this balance out the fact that these colleagues are now not traveling into work? And some people might travel by train and tube. Some people might have a car. Some people might have an electric car. So there are all these different complexities that come in. And so what that means is that Although our ambition is really strong, it has become more complex and we need to spend a bit of time understanding what all of this means and then addressing it. The other point I'd like to make is that through COVID, we have learned that you, know, you can make changes and we have done a lot of changes and that pivot towards digital has been great because it's meant that um, uh, we aren't traveling as much for meetings. Uh, also other more significant changes where things like productions, where people have been using local crew 
uh, instead of flying people over or traveling people across. And that has got sustainability benefits because you're traveling, but it's also got diversity benefits because you're using local people, training local crew. Uh, and so all those local, uh, sorry, those new ways of working, it'd be really important for us to bring it across as we get back into work. And tied to that is the fact that it'd be very, very easy to just slip back into how we used to do things previously, pre-COVID. So it'd be very important for us to learn from COVID and also make sure we stop um, uh, slipping back into potentially bad behaviors, um, and also really understanding what this new way of working means. So just to summarize, the ambition is still there. It is as high as ever, potentially higher. The landscape is complex, but COVID has meant that we have an opportunity. We know that we can be bold, we can be really disruptive, and we have to take that opportunity, is what I would say. Right. And so what questions really should we be asking you know, should companies be asking themselves, like when selecting partners to work with? Right. So when you're working with partners, I think there are uh, two different things. One is operational and two is reputational. So with the operational, if you're buying a particular uh, product or service, it's worth asking whether those suppliers are really fit for purpose because technology has changed a lot and uh, things change. So maybe they're not the right suppliers anymore. Uh, and if they still are, are they meeting these uh, environmental credentials that you'd like? And if not, how could we work with them to get to that state? And then on the reputational side, it is also extremely important because if companies are making bold statements and having goals around sustainable um, uh, targets for their own operations, working with certain partners, does that uh, support your goals and statements or does that undermine your goals and statements? Does that lead to a bit of reputational damage where you're saying one thing and doing another? So I think it's really important that when you're selecting partners, you look at both the operational side of what they are providing you and also what reputational impact it has. But for both of those, I would say it'll be really important to make sure that we don't just drop partners immediately because a lot of the times our relationships with partners are multi-year and also it is an ever-changing industry and people are learning along the way as well. So it'd be really important to have very honest, grown-up conversations with uh, suppliers and say, look, uh, if they are not meeting the requirements, to say that this is not going to be working for us for the long term. Ultimately, we need to be able to get to this stage in 12 months' time, this in three years' time, and this in five years' time. Can we work with you to get there and work collaboratively, collaboratively with them to get to that stage? So I'd say operational, reputational, and then work with people. Don't just drop people because you think they're not good for you. Yeah. And um, what more do you think we and other media companies can be doing? So I think media companies as a whole have been actually very good because we are very, very collaborative. Uh, so if you just look at filming for TV, we've got a thing called Albert, which is a calculator uh, that helps us calculate how much what the carbon emissions for a TV production is. And that BBC created it like over 10 years ago, and now the entire UK TV industry uses it. Uh, there's a similar system that's been set up called AdGreen for the advertising agencies. Um, and so we've been working together. And that means that we've created a kind of equal uh, space for all the players. There's also economies of scale by us working together. Uh, we've also often shared common suppliers. And so when we're asking for sustainability requirements, often it is very coherent and very similar. So it makes it very efficient for everyone in the system. So that collaboration is great that we've already got it. And I think we need to continue doing that. 
The other thing that media companies are doing also is looking at their own operations. So this, again, is by using things like Albert and AdGreen. Most media companies have a carbon strategy, a plastic strategy. They've got targets. They've got public statements. So we are actually holding ourselves accountable, which is great. And the third element is the messaging on what we're saying. So at studios, we've got our documentaries. We've got our uh, putting sustainable behavior on screen. Everyone else is doing that as well. And it's a real range from people like us who just give the knowledge and say, this is what it is, do what you'd like with it. And then people who can be a bit more campaigny because that's the type of organization they're in, or that's what they would like to do, which is great because we need all these different entities giving all, playing all these different roles. So ultimately, I think we're doing all the right things and looking at our operations, holding ourselves accountable, putting the right message and knowledge out there to help people be more sustainable. And we're collaborating in doing that. And I think if we continue doing that and we just supercharge that, we will go far as an industry. That's great. And my final question. So if you could give like one message to the listeners of this podcast, what would it be? Right. So with sustainability, our listeners are going to be in all parts of the journey because some would have already started it. And for them, I'd say start expanding we are sustainability credential. Those that haven't started it, which is who I think I'd like to address the most, is that don't worry about it. I think often people get paralyzed into inaction because it seems like this new area, it's very complex, very, there are all these different terms, net zero, carbon neutral, biodiversity. Half the time people use it in very different ways. Don't stress out about it. Just start doing something um, and start small. So if say you're doing a new program or a new uh, event, just start with measuring the, we're looking at carbon, just look at the travel and just say, for this event, I'm just going to look at my travel, get that right, get that nailed. And then the next situation, you can add, say, catering and waste management. Ultimately, it all of us are going to get it wrong at some point. And this is ever evolving so that the, the benchmark is also changing. As long as we do it with honesty and rigor, um, and so we, we haven't touched about greenwashing, which is a situation where you either intentionally or inadvertently overstate your environmental credentials. So we don't want to get into that stage. But if you start doing something, you do it honestly, and you say, this is what we're doing, and you do it with as much rigor as possible, we should be all right. So just start doing it, or if you're already doing it, just expand it, is what I would say. Brilliant. Thank you, me. I think the, um, the, uh, I was fascinated. I think you called it ALBERT, the, the system whereby they can... Um, uh, measure the, the carbon content for, for programming. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the more of those kind of standards as an industry that we can put in place, yeah. the the better things will be. But, I, yeah, your point around we just need, don't start. It doesn't matter where you start, do just start. Um, so thank you uh, for that. It was really, really interesting. Um, and I just... Before you both go, I'd, I'd like to ask Sam a quick question um, about uh, why now, right now, is important for brands to be sharing their sustainability messages. Yeah, um, well, at the BBC, you know, we know sustainability is ever-increasing priority for both our audiences. You know, it's what they're telling us they want to read about, but also from our clients, it tends to be on, I'd say, 90% of the advertising briefs we're receiving at the moment. So it's not just what we do as a business, but how we cover this, you know, important um, topic. Um, We recently conducted a a study to get more insights into this about how consumers globally were feeling towards sustainability. 
And it was really like results across the board that shown that, you know, consumers do care not only about what a business saying it's doing, but, you know, what it actually does. And it was something like 80% agree that clearly demonstrating a commitment to sustainability adds value to a brand and that the sustainability commitments are really important. And it's what consumers are taking as a consideration when purchasing, you know, making purchasing decisions. So, and they're also telling us that their consumers are willing to pay more for brands who do have strong sustainability practices. So it's it's something that's obviously really, really important to audiences and consumers alike. And yet with we had about 30 brands in the survey, and about only half of, of them, the consumers saying, you know, they knew what their sustainability practices were. So it's a real gap. And if brands want to retain a loyal customer and also attract new consumers, they really need to be addressing the sustainability message, but in a really authentic and like transparent, you know, narrative. I've got a two-part question here. Hopefully we can do them quickly. One is, can you share an example of, of a brand you've worked with that, that's done this really well? And I don't, and the second bit is, and I don't expect you to name anybody in the second bit, but are there any examples of, of things you're asked for, you know, what to avoid? What 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 are the wrong things to, to be doing? Yeah. So let me take the 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 people that the wrong things. I think what is a very difficult position for us is when we have brands who their industry is not sustainable and yet they are trying to push out a sustainability message. But this is where we have to adhere really strongly to BBC compliance guidelines. And sustainability is something that we need to be able to prove that what you're saying is correct. So it's our compliance guidelines are stringent at the best of times, but for sustainability, we really do need to know that we're backing them up and the company is not just greenwashing. But there are lots of examples of brands who are doing this this well. Um, got a couple that we've worked with say recently, High and Die, for example, they sponsored our Future Planet section, which looks at solution-based journalism and it runs on bbc.com. So in there they know they're going to reach a highly engaged, like climate conscious audience. Um, but they also worked with BBC Storyworks, which is our commercial content studio to create a film about um, Hyundai's partnership with Healthy Seas, um, which is a an ocean site conservation organisation. And they looked at combating site ocean pollution, you know, nurturing a sustainable marine ecosystem, supporting a circular economy. So it's a great way of telling their site brand story. Um, another brilliant example, I think, is the work we've done um, for Corteva or with Corteva on Follow the Food series. So this comprised like eight half-hour episodes and a digital hub, and it was all sponsored by Corteva AgriScience. Um, we're into our third season now, and the aim of Follow the Food really is to educate the audience about sustainability issues with food security, you know, how we're going to address the question of feeding an ever-growing population without like damaging the planet um so the series really like questions where the food comes from and how innovative ways of farming are going to like 
help us protect the um, environment for the future. And so it's things like being able to provide, you know, that contextually brilliant and also very like, current and relevant environment for like, brands like Corteva to ad- advertise in and like, communicate their brand message. I think that's the way like, we do it is linking up, you know, the editorial that we do so well anyhow around sustainability and matching it with advertiser needs. I have to, I watched a little bit of Follow the Food um, just, just recently, and it was actually fascinating. Some, uh, there was a bit about, um, you know, we all think about food miles, but saying that, that you know, hot houses, sometimes actually food miles aren't, aren't as bad as, as, as other elements, which was just not something I'd ever thought of before. Anyway, completely off topic here. Um, so I'd like to thank, both you and Sam, for um, joining us today. It's been really fascinating. And I do hope that you'll join us again soon, Praveen, because I'd be fascinated to hear how things have progressed over the next few months. Belinda, it's been an absolute pleasure being on it, Sam, as well. Um, And when Sam was talking, it just reminded me of something extremely important. And the fact is that when Sam was talking about how only 50% have considered sustainability at the moment, there have been 50% that have been doing it even before. So even before sustainability was high up on the agenda, we've had colleagues in the media industry, studios and outside, who've been working on sustainability on their own initiative, often in their own time. So thank you very much, because it's through that effort that now that it's high up on the agenda, we are starting with a position of strength in the media industry. So thank you. That's great. Um, So by the time this is broadcast, I sincerely hope that COP26 will have made some significant progress. Please join us again next month when we will be getting out our crystal balls and looking at the key trends for 2022. Thank you again, Sam and Praveen. Thank you. Thank you. The World Media Group is an alliance of the world's leading international media organisations that connects brands with highly engaged, influential audiences in the context of trusted and renowned journalism. For further information, please go to our website, world-media-group.com. Thank you.